Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Secret of Everything with Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. The views expressed on The Secret to Everything are not necessarily those of the host, the co-host, or our guest. All medical information given is for informational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose any disease or condition. Please see your medical doctor or qualified health practitioner if you have any further questions. And as always, thank you for listening. Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, N.D., CNH, is the best-selling author of the ebook. The Secret to Everything, Manifesting the Life You Desire, now. Available on Amazon. She has practiced naturopathic medicine for over 20 years. She is a gifted intuitive, medium, empath, paranormal investigator, and remote viewer. She travels and gives classes and lectures across the country, as well as taking limited private clients. Trained in many modalities of healing, Dr. Kimberly has been practicing energy healing exclusively for the last 10 years. Dr. Kimberly has the ability to raise your vibration in person or long distance, and as a result, change everything in your life for the better, forever. A gifted transformationalist, she has developed TEB, or Transformational Energy Balancing, in order to facilitate permanent and rapid healing in her clients. Her desire is to be your last healer. And now, the host of The Secret to Everything, Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. Good Wednesday evening, everyone. Thank you so much for being with us. I just happen, I haven't been on the, um, how many people are listening in a while, what do you call it? Oh, Blog Talk Radio Reports. And I just saw that um, you guys have been turning out in record-breaking numbers. So thanks to all of you who tune in live and especially thank you to everyone who takes the time and listens to us on their way to work and when they're chilling out at home. And I so appreciate it, everybody that downloads the show as well from iTunes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We all appreciate it. And we also have the ever-attractive and engaging Walt with us tonight. How are you, Walt? <laughs> thank you very much. Your check's in the mail. <laughs> oh, do, I to, do I have to say producer Walt now? Uh, you can you can call me whatever you want. Ooh, that could be really interesting. That's another <laughs> for another time. No, um, yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit if you want to, or unless it might be secret. But uh, what have you been doing lately? Well, I've been pretty busy with my um, paranormal uh, stuff that I do. Um, been doing a lot of things um, with helping people get rid of their spirits all around the world, in England and uh, in the United States. I'm also working on producing my own television show, which I'm pretty excited about. It's still in the beginning stages, but uh, it looks like this is going to be a go. So we'll see if it uh, makes it to prime time. <laughs> wow, you better – you have to have me on as a special guest if it makes it to prime oh, absolutely. Time. <laughs> and vice versa. That's our deal. Remember, we made that deal a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, we, we shook on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, that's right. That's right. And then we have, of course, the um, beautiful and lovely um, Shannon, which I'll name drop about twenty times, of course, <laughs> in the show. And Shannon was, and I were talking before we came on, and she was saying, "You just love being able to say." Contact Shannon for more information. Contact and yes, she is right. I do love and you guys love her and it's so it's like win win for everybody. You guys get to talk to Shannon. I get to uh have my load license. So we really appreciate Shannon. And uh Shannon's getting her own fan base. <laughs> so that's all another show too. But um we're really excited about our guest tonight. Um we have Dr. Selena Matthews and she's a I hope I don't butcher this, I think I believe she's a psychologist not psychiatrist, a psychologist practicing um, in the L.A. area. And she has written a beautiful and amazing 
Um, very transformational book, uh, if you allow it to be called Soul Transformation, Engaging the Invisible Actor Within. And we will be speaking to her shortly. So get your questions ready. Uh, you can write them in on the chat room or, of course, you can call in just 646-564-9712. And, Walt, do you have any announcements for us? I sure do. <laughs> uh, on time, as always. Uh, <laughs> can yeah, I know. It's like three seconds for the show to go. He's going to have to call. I started texting you like, like, like tomorrow for next week, and then I finally get him. It's good. <laughs> I work well um, under pressure. <laughs> yes. I love that. That's how I do it, too. Um, Dr. Kimberly has a class coming up on Sunday at 2 p.m. on magic manifestation, using common helpful items to bring wealth and love into your reality. Contact Shannon at shannon.br.kim at gmail.com for more information. We are beginning our certification program for Psychic and Intuitive Development, March 31st. First class is Psychic Foundation. Endorsement and certification by Dr. Kimberly is possible at the end. Contact Shannon again for more information. And <laughs> next, week on March, next week on March 6th, we will have Lisa Barnett from Akashic Knowing talking about Akashic Records. And on March 20th, we have Ed from The Oz talking about paranormal stuff, and it looks like it's pretty deep from what I can see here. Um, and then don't forget to listen to Soulful Consciousness each day at 4 p.m. You can go to soulfulconsciousness.com to sign up for contests and free gifts. Tomorrow will be Melinda Carver, energy expert and psychic medium. As always, check out our website, www.secrettoeverything.com And if I'd like to just give a special shout out real quick, Dr. Kim, to some listeners. Sure. Um, uh, we have uh, Tiffany, who always listens, and then our, one of our biggest fans, Kelly, who listens all the time and gives us great shout outs on Twitter. And then uh, a new listener who's listening tonight for the first time is uh, the beautiful Katie, who will be listening and I hope she has some questions for us and calls in. Uh, that was so sweet. That's a great idea. I love that. So thank you, as always, to everybody who uh, regularly listens. And I would love to introduce Dr. Selena Matthews. She is a spiritual psychologist, which is kind of a different twist, with a private practice in Beverly Hills. She helps people find their authentic self and soul purpose so that they can live the life that they were destined to live. Dr. Matthews is also the CEO of Soul Transformation Seminars based on her latest book, Soul Transformation, Engaging the Invisible Actor Within. It's such a great title. It makes you curious. You always know it's a good book title if it makes you curious. She's presently developing these seminars internationally, and she's also the author of The Transformational Power of Voice. She can be reached at www.selenamatthews.com. And so, welcome Dr. Selena to The Secret to Everything, The Dr. Kimberly Show. I'm thrilled to be here. It's great to uh, to be asked to be on your show. I'm very excited to speak with you. Uh, well, we are very excited uh, to speak with you as well. I, I really don't even know where to start. It's such a beautiful, um, really tremendous piece of work. I kind of dug in, and it's so meaty. When something's really that um, thought-provoking, I have to read it in chunks. So if you can get me to the point where um, I have to read a book in chunks, I'm pretty impressed. And it's just a, it's a really, really, it really makes you think. And you know what I love about her book? And we'll get maybe we, maybe we can twist around and get her to tell us some of these. The stories are so beautiful and so authentic. And I just love the stories. You really, um, you know, open up kind of your own life and just share with the reader, you know, how you learn some of these lessons and and a little bit about your journey and I just I just found it really touching so I just really appreciated it and, and you know and wanted to tell you that and I love that it's about the soul because I think um we've kind of developed a little bit into in my opinion a soulless society where we do everything we can to avoid you know looking deeper into the soul and then of course 
the questions great at the beginning, you know, what even is the soul? And the other part I love about it is, as you see a lot of clients, I do too, internationally, all over the world, in the country, and the number one question, if I had to pick a question, you think it'd be money, or you think it'd be love, or you think it'd be health, honestly, it's what is my purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hear that all the time. And, uh, you you know, I I really want to tell you, Kimberly, how this book came about, because it it came out so uh, organically. I was working on a project, and it was a three-phase project, and it crashed. And the, the person I was working with had little integrity so i couldn't continue the project because i'm a woman of integrity and if it's not with integrity i'm not going to do it mm. so i was very disappointed in that and, and the project was about transformation and out of the ashes of that devastation emerged soul transformation stage one stage two stage three stage four stage five and it was organic, and because I I know to trust soul, I wrote it that way. It was this book was not sought out; it just happened. It emerged out of my psychic space, which is, you know, kind of unique. I just went for it, Kimberly. I just went for it, and this is and so uh, soul transformation and the invisible actor within is really soul, and that was my invisible actor you know, emerging and creating this uh, this book for everybody because, and I want to tell you, Kimberly, I learned so much about myself by writing this book. I mean, it was a process for me as well as I hope it is a process for every single person that reads it because, you know, as as you and I do, we work with clients and patients and and you know it's all alchemical we never know sometimes we we have some things that work and some things that don't work and you have to continue working until you find the right modality and make the alchemy move to the next level Mm, i love that such a that's such a mystical word i love that word alchemy i love that you said that um so i guess kind of let's at the beginning you referred to the five stages of soul transformation so what are the five stages of soul transformation okay stage one is the awakening of the soul and i believe the birth of any baby is a miraculous experience first of all it's amazing that that can happen that you know the, at, at birth the baby has enters after the birth what has been called for centuries the trance of illusions the veils that cover the soul and these veils are initially what create the who am i of the baby and these veils comprise the mother the father the culture the government the environment the political milieu uh the environment all of these things so the baby, the who am I, is who is born into a community because someone born in, in in California is going to be very different than someone that's born in Iran, the whole cultural aspect. But all of these things are, are layers that cover the soul, the initial aspect. So that's the awakening of the soul because I call it that because it's actually the, the soul is birthed into... Uh, the world as we know it. So that's stage one. The second stage, uh, soul stirrings, and I'm sure, Dr. Kimberly, that you've had some experiences, and I'd like to hear some of yours, (laughs) that somewhere between ages of 18 and the mid-30s, you realize that your life is not working, and you go, oh, my God, something's wrong here. It's not the way I was supposed to, it wasn't, you know, it's not going the way it was supposed to go. Wow. Have you had those experiences? You know what? I love that you said that sentence. That is so brilliant in its simplicity. And I'll I'll just give a brief illustration why. As my parents were driving me to college in Chicago, this is what I was thinking in the car. It's so weird how you can remember what your 18-year-old self was thinking. I was thinking, okay, here's the plan. I go to college. I meet my spouse in college. I get married, I graduate, I have kids, and I live happily ever after. Here's what happened, and this is just the beginning part. I went to college, I rocked it out, 
I fell in love, I got engaged, and I had a devastating broken engagement four months before my graduation. How does that wow your plan? Wow, wow. Turned, like, that that blew, I mean, that's not what was supposed to happen. But don't you think, um, and Dr. Selena, don't you think that a lot of people have that perception, like, when they're 18? I mean, I think there's a lot of people when they're 18, they don't have everything figured out or know what they want. But then I think there are a lot of people who have the vision that Kim does. I go to college, I graduate, I get a good job, I get married, and have kids. Right. Right. Well, you know, I I think there is such a variety, but whether you're 18 or, I mean, that that was, you know, you had a plan. You had a plan, and that plan got blown up. And you know what? For everybody, the plans get blown up at different times, at different ages, at different stages. I mean, I had a man who came into therapy because he was taking 15 Vicodin a day in order to stay in his marriage. I'm like, what are you doing? Wow. Too painful. I said, well, you need to get out. It's too painful. So you take all this Vicodin and you're an addict now? Why? You know, is that better than, he says, well, it's about the money. My lifestyle is going to change. And I said to him, what kind of lifestyle are you having when you're having to take 15 Vicodin a day in order to stay alive? Mm. Right? Yeah. You know, that's not a life. So, you know, the great news is these people come to you, they come to me, they come to other healers, uh, Dr. Kimberly, and they, they, they're they coming and they're asking us for help because they can't do it on their own. They know something's wrong, but they don't have the tools at that time to actually get out of their difficult situation. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of that song from the Talking Heads back in the 80s where the, the guy says, this is not my life, this is not my beautiful life, this is not my, you know, my car. <laughs> yeah. Right, right on. Great. That, that's really a great, great connection there. Absolutely. You know, I mean, there are so many illusions that that we have and that we have to live. But there are illusions, and I, you know, I can get into the illusions later. But, yeah, I love that. Um, <laughs> but 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 you know, piece by piece. But so stage three is really exciting, um, and that's. And, and I know, Dr. Kimberly, you or perhaps, you know, Walt or Shannon have also had spiritual or numinous or miraculous experiences. And stage three is soul engagement. And these are unordinary experiences that shift our life. They actually change who we are in a moment. In a moment. they Everything changes. They have an underpinning of divinity under them. That's why they're so they're so terrific. And I'm going to explain and give you examples of each of these, and I'm sure, Dr. Kimberly, you will be able to give me some uh, great, um, some of your own experiences. Uh, Numinous experiences are the first one of the three that I'm going to talk about. So these are unordinary experiences that occur without warning. So you could be walking on, on the street, you could be at home, you could be... You can have these awakenings, these divine ex- divine experiences anywhere. It's no, it just happens. So I'm going to give you an example. I had this patient who came in and said that she saw God. Oh. And she came in because her husband had been, really the reason she came in because her husband had been philandering and wanted to prepare to leave him. But she didn't know how because you know there were kids and she didn't want to didn't know how to how to do that. She's never really worked, didn't you know had all these these things. So we were you know working together and helping her to get clear about what she wanted, how to manage her kids, and how to tell them and you know when would be the right time to um, to put this to him. <clears throat> Now, he was, like I said, he was a major philanderer. That's one of the reasons she just couldn't take it anymore. Well, three months before she was, we, had, we had this planned, uh, she got diagnosed with uh, breast cancer and had to have a radical mastectomy. Aww. The night, yeah. So the night before her surgery, as she was all alone in the room, 
all of a sudden she said there was a presence there, a luminous presence that walked towards her. And she says, I know that was God. And then she's a very spiritual woman. She says, this is God. So God came up to me and he put his hand on my forehead and said, don't worry, you're going to be, you're going to be okay. You're going to be just fine. And after that, she relaxed. Her surgery was successful. Everything went on. She divorced her husband. She went back to school and got another career where she worked with uh, ha- works with handicapped children right now and is living a happy, very happy life. You know, she's not yet dating, but she is happy. She's living her life. She's got grandchildren now. She's moving her life forward. She, you know, she she transformed her life, and that experience, that seeing God made the difference for her in 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 the way she viewed her life and uh her surgery. Dr. Matthews, do you think that a lot of do you find that a lot more people are staying in in unhealthy marriages because of the kids? Oh yeah, absolutely. I see this all the time. All the time. And you know, it's heartbreaking. And the thing is, if, if they would only, what people don't understand, when you get into, when you have, when you're sick and you have an issue, you go see Dr. Kimberly or you see your medical doctor, you see a naturopath, you see a medical doctor, you see an acupuncturist, you see whatever. You have to see someone. But you get into psychological trouble, people are afraid to see someone psychologically because they think they should be able to handle it. Well, none of us have the tools, especially if we've had dysfunctional families. There's no tools in dysfunctional families to work through difficult situations. And on top of that, Walt, we end up, you know, marrying people that are either our mother or father. So it gets doubly crazy. So you need to have someone who is psychologically attuned to help you to maneuver through this. Because I'll tell you... I see people in my practice, um, you know, the the trauma on the children is extraordinary. I have, you know, some people that I've seen in my practice, their father uh, was a sociopath. You know, in the marriage, when that was discovered, should have ended or transformed instead that didn't leave for for years and years and the fighting and the you know just all kinds of crazy stuff happened and now we have two or actually three three depressed children you know a set of twins and and whatever but we have you know depressed teenagers that you know it, 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 it's very sad. They're afraid of relationships. They're very insular. They're not going out, and they're not doing the things that they want to do. There are consequences <clears throat> to people being in bad marriages. But if the parents would would only, you know, leave their narcissism behind and, you know, actually call someone and ask for help and do something, I think a lot of marriages can be worked through. Not all. But a lot can, and I think people are just too afraid to uh, to make that leap. You know, I I I agree, and and I have an ex husband, and we went to counseling a couple of times. But every time we went, he always thought the counselor was picking on him. So we, I mean, we switched counselors, and he still thought the new counselor was picking on him. <laughs> but um, you know, I left my husband and divorced because of my children. If it wasn't for them, I probably would have stayed in the miserable marriage I was in. But because of them, I didn't want them growing up thinking it was okay to be in a relationship like that or be around it. So it really aggravates and annoys me. It annoys me when people say, even I have friends that are like, well, I'm going to stay till the, you know, the kids are grown. And I'm like, that's an awful reason. That's horrible. So... uh, because what is it teaching them? I mean, I think, Dr. Kimberly, you bring up an extraordinary point. What is it teaching them? It's teaching them that it's okay not to, not to be in love with your mate. It's okay to fight. It's okay to not have a beautiful relationship with your husband. And so they look for relationships that have, 
anger and that are unhealthy because that's the model. That's the pattern that they learn from you, right? But but right. what you did is you took them out of that pattern and, you know, and then, you know, they had to go with the father for X number of days probably and with you in X number of days or that's how it would work in the California laws at 50-50 here. So, you know, you know, but then what's great about that is the kids can learn two different sides, and there's, you know, there's options for them, right? Well, and, you know, <clears throat> this is my situation, but I know other people's situations are different. I've never restricted um, time with my children's father. He can see them and have them anytime he wants. They are in my custody. I have custody, but he's allowed visitation whenever he wants. Um, he lives five minutes away, and he chooses not to do that. He, My daughter's 21 now, but my son is... 15 and he gets him maybe every three weeks for a couple hours on Sunday and maybe takes him to dinner once in a while. But he would have him any time. So um, I think it's really awesome if two people can work it out and have the shared parenting and everything and get along. But in most cases, that's not the case. You know, they yeah, use yeah. the kids as a as a fighting tool between each other, which is totally wrong. But... <clears throat> Yeah, no, it, you're right. It, it's Dr. Kimberly. It's completely wrong. Uh, when, when that happens, the marriage is over. It doesn't work. And you know, it's you know, I, you know, I. It's it, it's hard to hear that the father doesn't want to see the son more often than that. You know, it's just hard to hear. But these are choices that people make, and there's nothing you can do about it. People make choices, good choices Absolutely. and bad choices. And and all and all you can do is the kids can just look and watch and they observe all this. They know what's happening as much as you and I do. They are very acute to what's happening. Actually, uh, Dr. Selena, that was Shannon the whole time, but I didn't want to interrupt you. Guys. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Sorry. I, I know you don't recognize our voices, but I kind of want to go back on topic because, and I know we're not even going to touch a fraction of the riches that are in your book, but I kind of want to the more general principles. But before we do, and I know this may not be fitting in with the right um, kind of pivotal point, but it ties in with the topic we're talking about now, and Shannon knows about this. My ex-husband was a a serial cheater and in a very severe way with hookers and prostitutes. He was a what? A serial cheater, a philanderer, you know, serial, like constantly through a whole marriage. And um, I was brought up in a very religious background, and I was taught that marriage is forever, and you make it work. And, you know, I knew I biblically, quote, had permission to them, but it just went against everything I'd been taught for, you know, 20-some years. And so I was staying in this horrible marriage, and, and Shannon knew me back then. And I was driving to meet my ex-husband for dinner, and I was hit by a two-and-a-half-ton dump truck with my four children in the car. And um, when I came to, I passed out in this accident. And when I came to, um, even before, you know, I was fully conscious, I remember the first words out of my mouth is, this is over. This is my wake-up call. You know, and then, of course, I checked all the kids. My way patrolman came. Um, He said there was one square inch, and I had a van at the time. Vans were still semi-cool back then, you guys. (laughs) I don't have one. (laughs) But uh, in the one square inch is the only place that that dump truck could have had that that huge blow without killing anyone. So it was totally a gracious, you know, it was a spiritual experience to me because I remember my, you know, ex-husband rushed to make sure everything's okay, and he came over to me on the stretcher, and I even, I'd, I'd made that decision. It was so pivotal. I went from, you know, staying in this marriage for the children and for, you know, my parents and blah, 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 for everybody else, to, I said, get away from me. I actually said, get the F-U-C-K away from me. It was so clear <laughs> and on you know, Sorry. that's a wake-up call. And so, you know, there are those moments in your life that, completely change the direction you're going, completely change your point of view. And I think there's such a gift, really. 
I I think obstacles are really the road to your salvation, and that was, I mean, I think the universe, the divine, gives us our lessons, and they said, this this is your wake-up call, Dr. Kimberly, this is not working here, you need to shift, you know, and, and you know, people look at obstacles, and this is the whole thing, I have a whole thing on change that that I I can go into, because I think this is really, really important. Change is 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 something. Um, when you have change, change does it can happen gradually. But most there's three kinds of change. Uh, change as personal choice. Uh, change as um, uh, unexpected and change as expected. Expected change is you go through the lifespan. You know you're going to get married. You're going to get divorced. You're going to get married. You're going to get divorced. You're going to get married. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's in California. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's where you are, but uh, you know, there you have. There is a lifespan. There is there is that stuff that that actually happens, um, and uh, but unexpected change is the most intense kind of change. And what you happen, what what happened to you. Uh, what it does is it shatters your interior structure because who you thought you were and, and what happened to you after it was different. So it it is a way that you, I believe, that you really connected with your soul journey at that time, Dr. Kimberly, because it, you weren't connected. Then the, the incident broke through some of the you know, the factors around you and and got you really clear in terms of okay, um, moving in a di- new direction now. Right, wow. that's amazing, amazing story. Yeah, that's a wake up call, right? <laughs> oh yeah, that's a huge wake up call. Huge well, wake up call. Well, before we shift or, or continue on to the topic, I, we do have a caller, and I haven't had a chance to screen it, but I am going to check and see if they'd like to ask a question or make a comment. Okay. So, um, he, if I can grab it here. So, caller, you are on the air from area code 928. Do you have a comment or a question for Dr. Selena Matthews? Hello. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi. Um, <laughs> that is so weird. Uh, this is my husband's first experience uh, better explain that. being on Blog Talk Radio, so, um, here. Hello? Hello. Is there people listening to this? How many? Hi, this is Melissa's husband. Hi. Do you have a question or a comment? No. Oh, do you they just make it? Do, would you just like to listen? Because that's fine. I can put you back on hold. Yes, sorry. Um, yes, he would just prefer to listen. Sorry okay, about that's that. That's fine. No, I was just checking. Okay, sorry about that. Sometimes that happens when we don't screen. Sometimes there, it's a weird blog talk thing. Okay, uh, let's, I guess, um, continue in whatever direction the energy is taking us. <laughs> I have a question for you, um, Dr. Matthews. Um, you, it looks like you do some work in voice integration therapy. Yes. Could you tell us a little bit about that? I think your uh, voice is your expression, your oral expression of soul. How's that? It is the way, you know what, Uh, Shakespeare, not not Shakespeare, uh, Socrates would say to people, and you know how, how old Socrates is now, he would say, speak so I can see you. Is that amazing? He could hear where you are, and I believe you can hear where someone is vibrationally, emotionally, spiritually, all of that. It comes through the voice. Um, it, it really does. There's, there are some doctors um, that were actually diagnosing people through their voice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I believe. I'm really yeah. kind of blown away that you know that. That is actually a very mystical, high, advanced, high consciousness, spiritual principle that very few people are aware of or know. So I'm kind of blown away that you know that. One of the things I teach is that 
as you come into your soul essence, as you come into consciousness, as you embrace your power and your frequency increases, your voice actually lowers and gets smoother. You would think the opposite. You would think as you raise in consciousness, <laughs> your voice would get higher. But actually, um, I can, of course, um, read the frequency of people many ways. But, um, you know, even if I couldn't, you know, the voice gives a lot away. And actually, one thing I've learned about the voice is we so casually use our voices so casually we use our voices and yet i believe a lot of my healing ability and ability to manipulate energy actually comes through the frequency delivered through my voice so i find it very absolutely absolutely i can't i can't agree with you more and it's really great to have a colleague like you that actually gets it like I do, absolutely. Because there's, like you said, there's very few people that actually understand this or get this. And it exists. And I, you know, I wrote the book, The Transformational Power of Voice, is actually a textbook that was based on my dissertation. And I looked at voice from a mythological, archetypal, neurological, uh, and all these amazing stories how people had awakenings via doing voice work. I mean, this is, it, 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 it just, it's a, it's a whole area that's not really touched. But I, I wrote the book, and when the, the, the sad part about, the great thing is the book is out. The sad part is it's a very intellectual book, and a lot of people can't read it. But, you know, it was based on my dissertation, so that's why it is that kind of a book. It had, you know, 250 references, and it took, I wrote it, you know, two years two and a half years, 40 hours a week. So, I mean, uh, you know, I, I put a lot of time into that. And then I took the dissertation and then I reworked it into a book that would take the dissertation qualities out of it because it got, you know, it was very dense because that's how you have to write to get your PhD. But now, you know, but it's still an intellectual book. You know, it's just harder to read because it's just more dense. But I, I actually wrote the textbook on that. It's not a how-to book. It's actually the the you know the theoretical aspects behind that. Oh, I love that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check that out because that's just brilliant. Like I'm just amazed, and um, I love that. It's just such a new piece to my own personal work that has been brought in the past year, year and a half, and. And it's so funny because it's the opposite. It, it's they're really encouraging me to be more silent and to measure my words. So it's so interesting. I'm sure you and I could have a long discussion about all of that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to have to have me on your show talking about voice another time. Yeah, that would be that'd be awesome. We can um yeah we can talk about that. That'd be so fascinating. Everyone else is probably like, okay, whatever you guys. But I mean, it's totally fascinating. You brought it up, Walsh. Yeah, well, and, and my other question is, can you change your voice? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, you can. I mean, I, I want you to. I mean, there's many different ways. Of course, you can look at what Daniel Day Lewis did with his voice in Lincoln. He changed his voice. So there are, you, you know, he did it for a character. I mean, so yes, it is possible. Yes, it is definitely possible. But, um, uh, you know, what I would like to see in, in a human being is is work on their interior, you know, detoxify their negative emotions, mm. uh, detoxify all of that, get real clear into where you are with soul and, you know, deepen yourself through meditation, through yoga, through spiritual practices, prayer, whatever tradition, I don't really care. But, you know, deepen yourself through that. As you deepen and get closer to to your soul, your voice changes. I'm telling you, it changes. The way you look changes. Oh, wow. That's another show because um, – I always tell my girls, we were having a discussion about our noses, and I said, they're like, I don't like my nose. And I said, change your personality. Work on your character qualities and your face change. It's the cheapest plastic surgery available anywhere. It's it's so fascinating. You can read, even if you do nothing else, if you know what the certain body characteristics mean, you could tell someone down to who they were 
just mind-blowing, better than any astrological or intuitive reading. It's really a fascinating study, all of that, all of that stuff. I have a huge book. You talk about a textbook. I have like a 2,000-page book all about what all the different characteristics of the body and the face and the nose and the lips and the thin or heavy or coarse or, you know, on and on. <laughs> so it's I would love to – now, Kim, Dr. Kimberly, I would love to see that book because that, that's, you know, speaks to me absolutely. Love, love that stuff. Love, love, love that stuff. Well, I'll see what I can do. Well, I might be sending you a book. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go kind of back on um we're going to bring in the topic cuz you're one of those people like kind of like me. You're you're you, you know a lot about a lot. And so let's kind of bring this back into this concept again of um soul soul transfer. Let me ask you kind of a the basic question, I guess, which in your opinion uh I don't think we succinctly covered it. What is the soul? Uh you know, what if if you say to someone, you know, I, I see your soul, or I say express your soul essence. What is the soul, in your opinion? You know, it, it's really, it's hard to define it, but I did. Um, and, you know, I, I, I separated, in some traditions, soul and spirit are one. Um, but I separated it, not that they're separate, they're two aspects of the same thing. And I look at soul as the dark, moist, uh, luscious, uh, internal aspects, um, and the spirit as the ethers, the the fire, the you know, the air that we breathe. So the air, um, the spirit air, the universal spirit we breathe in. And it enlivens the moist uh, qualities of of the essence that lives in that lives in us that comes in. And I, you know, I, I don't know how this happens. I've not really looked at it. You know, Dr. Kimberly, maybe you know when actually so enters a pregnant woman. But I, I just kind of have stayed out of that one because I don't want to go there. I just look at the soul being birthed in the uh, human realm, um, you know. So, but but there is there is an essence of 21 grams that lives in us that disappears when we die. There's a 21 gram difference. So something leaves. There's some essence, we can't see it, we can't touch it, we can't feel it. I call that soul. Um, but, you know, no one can, no one's been able to. Well, some actually some spiritual teachers uh, in the East can actually contain soul. But it's it's extremely rare, I mean, extremely, extremely, extremely rare. Um, but, yeah, soul is that, um, I just you know, look at it more imaginally than it is this or it is that. And, and do I believe that there's other lifetimes mixed into that? Of course, because I believe the soul is eternal. Hmm. I, I don't know how you see soul. No, very, very similar. Um, I find it interesting because one of my, a man I respect, his name's um, Blaise Pascal, he talks about, he calls it, and now everyone has different religious beliefs, but he talks about, which I always found this fascinating, and I knew this from a little girl, but he talks about a God-shaped blank. And um, and I don't remember where it is, but supposedly there's like a space in the body that is actually a cavity where not, there's no reason for it. There's nothing there. There's no organ. There's no, there's no anything. It's a, it's a blank space in the physical body that many, um, like you said, spiritual teachers believe is for, some people call it the breath of God, but it's for the human soul. That's where your soul rests. And like you said, then the body gets lighter, you know, you know, upon leaving, you know, this dimension. So just there's just a lot of interesting um, theories about that. But in my view, you know, I talk, I talk about how we're living divine, eternal beings. You know, the soul is the is the beautiful essence of who we are, and and it's infinite. We never, you know, in my view, we never cease to exist. We evolve, but we never cease to exist. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, 
and I, and I know you working with patients, me working with patients, you know, you work with so many patients and you know this is not the first time around and this may not be the first time around for this couple or this mother and daughter, you know, dysfunction that's going on. It, it, it's pretty amazing, pretty amazing. It is. That's a that's a whole another. Like I said, uh, <laughs> a whole other topic. Yeah, you're the wrong guest to have on an hour radio show. <laughs> you're like a weekend seminar. Uh, you know, one of many speakers who's going to speak three or four times type of guest. I got your number. <laughs> I see how you are. But so, why is it important? I guess to to have this uh, soul you know, transformation experience. Why is it important to, you know, kind of connect, like you said, in, or how I talked about, to get on the your life path? I mean, why is that crucial? Why can't we just go throughout life and have sex and drink and have drugs and flit here and there? Why do you think it's important to have any clarity about anything at all? If you are not living, I really believe this with every soul essence inside of me if you're not living your soul path you will if you're living your life for somebody else you will be a drunk you will be an alcoholic uh you will be unhappy you will be taking vicodin uh you have to live authentically with who you are and who you are if you're like i see children living the lives that their parents wanted them to live yeah. but what happens is great unhappiness in their lives they can't find the right it's just horrible i just see tragedy after tragedy after tragedy so the one of the first things about soul transformation is you've got to look at the contextual factors, and that is the layers of illusion that cover you. And we have to unpeel those. And there's psychological and there's spiritual aspects to both of that. You can't do this work only spiritually. It doesn't work. You need spiritual and psychological. I really believe that because the two are tandem. They they go together. Um so you have to peel the layers. And, you know, many people get stuck. Um, you know, many of us have un- unwritten rules. Oh, your parents will say, do what I tell you to do and you'll be happy. Be a doctor and you'll be happy. Oh, yeah, they're a doctor and, and, and they hate their job. Or, I mean, you hear this all the time from different people, unless, unless they were meant to be on that authentic journey. If they were meant to be on that authentic journey, they would, you know, they would be happy. But for some people, you have to live your authentic life. And you have to also, uh, and where the psychology comes in, is you need to know the roles that you play. Mm. You know, what is, not only who are you, you know, what are what are your, I mean, I developed a, a model, a, which I call the Trinity model, to help people analyze themselves because not everybody can go into analysis and can afford that or not everyone can afford a therapist. So when I wrote Soul Transformation, I wanted to give people tools, easy, easy, easy tools for them to, to analyze themselves. So I split it up into three ways. The healthy side, which is your positive qualities, the um shadow side, which is your dark shadowy qualities like anger, hatred, revenge, um, sarcasm, right? And the divine side, which is your spiritual side. So, and it's when people know, like earlier today I had someone come in and all she did was whine. My husband is doing this, and, and, and her whole voice was like, like wine after wine after wine. And I'm like, you are completely in shadow. There is nothing. I mean, what about the positive things that he did? He took you out for Valentine's Day. You know, he 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 sent you, uh, gave you the money for a trip to Europe. I mean, wow. hello, hello. And she's mm-hmm. like, he's not this, and he's not. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So she's living in this shadow place, and I'm like, no, you've got to look at 
the healthy things that he's doing because she's so caught up into the negativity that he's doing that she can't see who he is. And I really think that there's a problem in our culture right now that women are becoming more powerful, but we become emasculating to our men. And that's a whole other other issue. That's a whole other show, Kimberly, because I am so sick of women emasculating men. We need to celebrate them. We need to understand them. And they, if, if men do stay in their roles, and whatever the role, the role of a male is to give. The role of a female is to give back. Mm-hmm. And if people understand that, just that one concept, and just you know, do that, things would be a lot easier. But you know, it, it, I think you know. Again, another reason I wrote the book is because there's just so many problems, and you know, it's getting worse. It's, and you know it's getting worse. I know it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. And there's not enough healers in the world or psychologists or, or naturopaths or intuitives to, to handle all what's happening. We just look at our culture, look at the dysfunction manifesting in, in our political system. It's just a, a microcosm of what's happening right across the country. It's really, that's just it. It's just another imprint of a, of a dysfunctional pattern that's everywhere in our country. And, you know, I, I look at, and I don't know if you know this, Kimberly, but uh, the, out, of, out of 80% of all opioids, and we're talking Oxycontin, Vicodin, et cetera, are given to Americans. 80% of the world's opioids. I mean, this is like, Shocking of the world. I mean, what are we doing? So there's a lots of problems here, and and we need people like you and me to work with people to to help them to get back on track. So people need to understand when they're in shadow behavior, what roles that they play. I mean, people play all kinds of roles. Like you know, sarcasm is a shadow role. Um, let me think of some other ones. Uh, whining is a shadow role. Uh, a victim, oh man, victims are everywhere in our society. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a victim. Well, you know what? You got to take responsibility for your life because life is hard, and you got to make lemonade out of lemons. That's that's the way it goes, you know. I but love that. Understand that. I love that you said that because I I come off these seminars and I love. I know some of them are listening, so I do. I love all the people that come to me. I love how you open your hearts. I love how you're real. But one of the most consistent things that we start with, and I think this is a basic thing, which is what you just said in a different way, is I say stop the stories. Stop the whining. Stop the stories. Let's start telling a new story. And thankfully, thankfully, by some grace of God, I was born, anyone that knows me well, like Shannon knows me really well, knows that I am like this, Thick optimist, and that can hurt you in relationships, and it has. Yeah. But I, it doesn't matter. You know, I can, I really naturally, actually, I was in a really dark place in college, and I met with a college professor, and he said, I know you'll be okay. And I said, basically, I want to kill myself. How do you know I'll be okay? And he said, because you are an eternal optimist. But to be honest, Dr. Matthews, I think all of us need to be eternal optimists, all of us, whether that's our natural bet or not. That that is, you know, lifting yourself up to your soul's highest calling and, and turning turning anything that happens to you into gold, spinning anything that happens to you into gold. And really, if you are living authentically and you have discovered the principles that are in your book, I think that is a much easier journey. I think it's the resistance we go into when we are living in, in like the shadow self, as you say, and we haven't discovered our soul's purpose, and we don't even, we just want to numb ourselves out and forget we even have a soul by taking these opiates and various things. That's when we lose our way. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And I'll tell you, you know, I worked at a, you know, a Malibu, very famous addiction clinic for a year. And it was shocking to me what I saw. Shocking to me. You know, uh, you know, I saw, you know, women who were 115 pounds just, you know, 
in their 50s, you know, just tiny women drinking two cases of beer a day. Hmm. I mean, are are you kidding me? 24 bottles? You know, their eyes were yellow, yellow, you know. I mean, you know, people with... It was just unbelievable the the tragedies what I saw where people got to, you know, people with, you know, uh, seizure disorders, uh, seizure disorders, bipolar, and an addiction disorder to opiates. I mean, really? God. And then alcohol on top of that? I mean, how do you treat that in 30 days or less? You know, I mean, you know, it's... It's it's like insanity. I mean, in every case was like, yeah, I, I was shocked out of my mind. There were there were no easy cases. The great thing about that experience for me is that I learned a lot about what lengths people will go to before they even ask for help. Mm, true. You know. True. You know, they are almost dead. They're almost dead, and some of them, you know, barely alive because they've overdosed, you know, and, and then they get into treatment. It's it's just shocking. It's just shocking. And I think the addiction world is going to blow up, and one of the areas it's going to blow up in is in the geriatric population, and I see it increasing in my own practice because I, I like, um, I really give back to the elderly, and I think they're a loss population that's overlooked here a lot in America. Mm-hmm. So I really I really give back to them, Kimberly, and I I just see, you know, them coming in, they're drinking at night and they're taking Vicodin. Well you know that's you know, they're 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 just basically committing suicide because that's what will cause death. You take those two things. Boom. You know, yeah, doc- oh sorry, everything Go ahead, go ahead, Shannon. I know, I know. Um, My question was, I know you were talking about the different, you know, transformations we go through at different ages. Is there a common area of age where people get it or want the help to understand it? I mean, is there a place where, you know, from a certain age to a certain age where they go, okay, I'm getting it, I'm understanding, or I want to get it, I'm going to find out how? Yeah, I I I think I I think the most common taught place, and that's a really great question, Shannon. Um, between eighteen and thirty-eight, I think that's when most people start really looking at that. I think for some people it comes later, and you know what? It doesn't matter when it comes. It matters that it comes, not when right. it comes. Right. And, and and I and I really believe that, but I think the biggest bulk of people wanting to address themselves is is you know between eighteen and uh, thirty eight. I really I really believe that. Do you um, find that maybe during that time that they're having children? Do you think that sometimes maybe children bring people to that realization because they want to be better for their children? Um, like I said before, I think I would still be with my ex husband if it hadn't been for my children, and I would have never you know, be who I am today. So I think that having them definitely transformed me into wanting to be a better person and wanting to be just better in general. Yeah, I think your story is extraordinary. I think your children helped you to move out of a really negative situation, and thank goodness for that. Do you find that common? I don't think I I wouldn't say that I find that common. I think every story is different. Um and I think the children are different. Uh if you would have had really uh you know children that were uh like you know you know family come a single mother comes or a family comes in and the kids are you know one's uh, autistic and the other one there would be a whole other story do you know what i mean there's there's so many right. different stories i don't i can't generalize in terms of that but i think if you have generally reasonably healthy kids they will help you to move out of it kids usually know and every time i've you know done family reunification therapy the kids say yeah my parents i told my parents to divorce a long time ago kids are saying that 10 year olds are saying that Mm-hmm. You know they know the parents shouldn't be together, 
And, and they're okay with it because if they're not okay with the fighting and the bickering and the lies and the this and the that and everything else that goes uh, goes with it. One of the most things about my own divorce that um, I think kind of illustrates what you just said is my youngest daughter was one and a half, two, and um, I had her father leave and we separated and then divorced. And um, you'd think that would be really traumatic and horrible. But do you know that not one time did that little girl ask where her daddy was or why we weren't together? Really? Such a relief. I'm telling you, Dr. Maxis, there was such a relief. It was like bondage broken. I felt like the weight of the world. Again, that was another pivotal moment for me. And this was the result of that accident shortly thereafter, a couple months thereafter. And it was, I think, the children loved their mom being so connected to, like you said, to who she was, finding herself. I feel like I lost myself in that marriage. And, and I was such, I wish I could tell those of you that are in these horrible marriages that, that what you fear really is usually fear itself, seriously. And um, sometimes there's great joy in, um, you know, in leaving, to be honest, or in, in having someone else leave and, and in being free, you know, to create right. Or I have a quick question for you, Dr. Matthews. Um, you were going back to talking about people in rehab and stuff like that. How do you help somebody if they're not willing to help themselves? Because there's always a, a guilt, like like it's your responsibility to want to help somebody. But if they go and help themselves, how, how do you cope with that as, as a therapist or even as anybody trying to help somebody who won't help themselves? Well, you know what? You have to, you can't, I mean, it's the whole story. You can't, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make him drink it. All you can do is give them the tools, inspire them, give them hope, give them more tools, you know, you know, work in a circular motion around them, you know, take them to meditation classes, take them to spiritual teachers, take them, you know, to psychotherapists, take them to acupuncturists, take them. And over time, if you put a lot of different modalities into people in a, in, in, in a 30-day, 60- or 90-day treatment center, eventually that stuff is going to sink in. But I'm really pro Many kinds of modalities. I, I don't think psychotherapy alone is, is is enough. I really am a proponent for many kinds of traditions and mixing traditions because some people will be inspired by the Native American traditions. Some people will be inspired by the Buddhist traditions. Some people need straight psychotherapy. For everybody, it's different. But to have a you know, series of different modalities, I think, really helps them um, you know, get it from different angles. And it doesn't matter which one they get more, as long as they, get, they, get, they move in the right direction. But they can be inspired. It's hard to inspire somebody by yourself. Much easier when there's a team of people trying to inspire. You'll get, you know, different perspectives, and I think that's the way to go when someone is really addicted. What if they're not willing to go down those avenues? Eventually, they'll hit rock bottom. They will, or they'll die. Mm. Usually, you know, I've seen people like really in in, in the addiction clinics, you know, come in and and, and literally. Uh, be on death's door. Literally, I, I don't know how they're even walking. Uh, you know, they're just it's just unbelievable. And 30 days later, they've gained 10, 15 pounds. They have a little bit of light behind their eyes. You know, uh, they're able to laugh. You know, so it's the process starts. But it it really it takes a community. It takes a community of people. And no matter what situation you are, addiction, unhappy marriage, children, the rearing of children, I think it takes a community to rear healthy children, to rear healthy individuals, to rear healthy families. I don't think, you know, one person alone can do that. 
Right. I, I agree with you. Absolutely. Cool. Well, Dr. Matthews, our time is up, and I could talk to you for hours, and I'm sure that there's just so much content uh, in your beautiful books. And um, what is your website that people can go to and check out um, your practice? Sure. It's www.selinamatthews.com, S-E-L-I-N-A-M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S.com. And we can get your books where? Everywhere? Anywhere? Uh, yeah, at Amazon. At, on Amazon. It's on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Uh, yep. Well, it was our privilege. I mean, thank you so much for um, sharing with us. It was lovely meeting you. I feel like I, it's so encouraging to me to meet you and know you're doing similar work in different ways with your own unique abilities and talents. And you are a brilliant, wow, what a beautiful example for my four little girls. You're, you know, you're the kind of woman that, you know, I would hold up as a role model to them of a brilliant, conscious woman. And I just applaud you for that. And thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you so much. And thank you for the work that you're doing and, you know, having me, you know, the privilege of having me be on your on your show is really amazing. So thank you so much for um, allowing that to happen. Well, much love to you and you have a good rest of your evening. Okay, you too. Well, that was amazing and beautiful and intelligent, um, Dr. Selena Matthews. And we could have gone on all night, I'm sure. Um, she's just brilliant and doing great work out there um, in Beverly Hills in the L.A. area. And so thank you to her. Um, as always, we will have a, another amazing guest next week. What is her? Is it Lisa Shannon? That we're going to have on next week. Lisa Barnett, um, you are breaking up so bad. I can't hardly understand what you're saying. I can't help it. It's Skype, and it's like <laughs> to call in on another line. Well, can so. you understand her, or is it just me? No, no, I, I was tuning her out, and I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. talking about voices <laughs> and stuff like that now. You're um, fine. No, but she, yeah, she's been breaking up for, like, the last couple minutes, and I and I, I don't know if it was me or it. Or no, everybody, but I guess it's Skype. So I can't change. You know, that's one reason I decided <laughs> to wrap. But um, so um, while we're standing, why don't you tell everyone how to get a hold of us? Well, well, you can get a hold of Dr. Kimberly. You can go to her website, and that is www.secrettoeverything.com. You can follow Dr. Kimberly on Twitter, and her name is at Serene Wellness. And then if you'd like to follow Shannon on Twitter, you may do so at uh, at Shan Roof. And if you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Ghost Hunter Walt. And I think um, Dr. Matthews is Dr. S. Matthews on Twitter as well, if you guys want to follow her. So thank you so much for being with us. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you for your support. The program is growing. We thank you for your continued support. Feel free to write me or Shannon or Walt if you have any suggestions or um, guests you'd like to be on. Much love to you all, and we will talk to you soon. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening on our Secrets to Everything with Dr. Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. Listen every Wednesday night, Eastern Standard Time, from 7 to 8 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio. Yes.